Amen. If you know you've been redeemed, can you put those hands together and give God some praise? Let me try that one more time. Put those hands together and give God some praise if you know you've been redeemed. Amen. 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 Thank you, brothers, for blessing us. I believe I see our district representative, uh, Brother Kirk, online. And if I do, I'm waving at you right now, Brother DR. Thank you for joining us um, in this worship experience. We know you've had a busy several uh, few days, and we are humbled that you have joined us here at the St. Paul Church um, as far as the sharing of Pi-Fi, as far as giving lift to the 6th District for this worship experience. I know where he goes to because I've been a DR myself, and so he, of course, have my prayers and supplications. I want to thank Brother Joe Lewis and Brother Sean Williams for your sharing as far as this moment is concerned. I want to uh, thank these brothers for blessing us. Uh, the brother that's on the piano is an Omega. Amen. <clears throat> and the one that led the last song is an Omega as well. So um, I'm giving a special lift this morning to uh, the brothers while at the same time grading Elson's nerves. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want to, um, for the time that is uh, mine, I want to call our attention to Acts chapter 4. And we want to look at verses 5 through 12. Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. And we'll find these words printed in the New King James Version of Scripture. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other? For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I want to preach for the time that is mine. No other name will do. No other name will do. I would readily admit Deacon Pearson, that our world needs the Savior. Let me say that again. We are living in some precarious times, and our world needs Jesus. We often think about salvation as far as individuality is concerned, that we can get a ticket 
into heaven and secure our eternal destiny. And while that is good, because God knows I want to go to heaven, I want to spend eternity basking in the glory of God. But if I could be honest, I need some stuff to make it in the here and now. Uh, if I'm honest, we need some things to survive and even thrive on this side of the Jordan. There, there are some things we aren't going to need when we get to heaven. But God knows there are some things we need right now to make it on earth. Justice and righteousness need to kiss. Goodness and mercy need to become our bodyguards. Forgiveness and reconciliation need to become the best of friends. When I look at our society and I see this push against those, particularly of black and brown hue, standing up for their dignity, being courageous and bucking against the system that tries to diminish our humanity, some would contend that we are nothing more than rabble-rousers, troublemakers, and a menace to society. Interestingly, when Jesus was here on earth, he was referred to as a rabble-rouser, a troublemaker, and yes, a menace to society. Uh, this is what all people are called when they stand up against the indignation of their humanity and try to confront the issues of society, they are called troublemakers, rabble-rousers, and a menace to society. Martin Luther was called a troublemaker when he rebelled against the wrongs of the Catholic Church by nailing his 95 complaints on that door in Wittenberg, thus starting what we now know as the Protestant Reformation. Harriet Tubman was considered a troublemaker as she escorted 300 slaves to freedom and she said she could have saved a whole lot more if they knew they were enslaved. Susan B. Anthony was called a troublemaker because she felt that women worked as hard as men and deserved to right the boat. And then that wonderful sorority, the second sorority founded at an HBCU, uh, Delta Sigma Theta, they were known as a bunch of troublemakers as well as they marched in that suffragette movement as far as the march was concerned. And they said, we be doggone, we be at the back, we gonna go straight to the front. Rosa Parks was a menace to a segregated society because she refused to stand up so that a nation of black people can rise up. Malcolm X was considered to be a rabble rouser as he spoke unfiltered with candor about white supremacy through the matrix of the nation of Islam. Martin Luther King was known as a troublemaker because he believed in the fierce urgency of now. After all, change wasn't happening fast enough as far as desegregation was concerned. Barbara Jordan and Shirley Chisholm were troublemakers because they refused to let their gender and their race prevent them from being the political voice of change in a racist and misogynistic Capitol Hill.
And there were three undergraduates, better known as the three musketeers at Howard University, who were considered to be rabble-rousers as they laid the foundation to establish the first black fraternity started at a historically black college or institution, the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. And now we got some new rabble-rousers like Dr. William Barber and Reverend Tracy Blackman and Brittany Packneck Cunningham and Ibram Kende and Tamika Mallory and Brother Benjamin Crump and others uh, who stand up for justice and righteousness because we are sick and tired of business as usual. One of the problems of addressing the issues we face in today's society is unfortunately we have reduced the concept of sin and shame to the individual rather than applying sin as having collective consequences. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and, and that's why we can call out, Brother Patton, the sins of individuals, like when you lie and when you cheat, when you do something wrong, when you gossip, when you commit, when you kill, and when you do other misdeeds, but we fail to deal with the implications of institutions that bring a nation and even our world down. In, in other words, uh, our problem is we like to look at the individual, but we don't want to address the sins of the empire or the sins of the government or the sins of society or the sins of corporations that continue to wreak havoc upon individuals in our community. The Old Testament uh, theologian, Dr. Walter Brueggemann, alludes to this notion as he contends that one of the most remarkable transformations in understanding sin comes in the form of a transition from the prophetic view of sin as the deviation of society and its elites from the divine will for justice to an emphasis upon sin as the unrighteous act or attitudes of individuals. In other words, there are some folks who are cool with you just focusing on the individual but disregarding the issues of the government and the problems of corporations that lends itself to the breakdown of society and the disintegration of God's world because of corporate greed that makes the rich richer while the poor continues to suffer. So let's disregard those religious institutions that allow you to gather virtually on Sunday morning with the hope of feeling good with a song, a sermon, and a prayer, but leave you unchanged, unchallenged, unconverted, and disempowered to deal with the catastrophic realities we face Monday through Saturday. Misuse of police authority, racial profiling, white supremacy, white patriarchy, classism, sexism, corporate greed, political machinations of the Democrats and the Republicans, and the consistent disregard of the powers that be, which spits in the face of those who are on the underside of society, the marginalized of the culture, and the disenfranchised of our nation. The death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, And Ahmaud Arbery set this nation on edge last year. 
And unfortunately, the hits keep on coming. Brother Joe, uh, the hits keep on coming. Jacob Blake Jr. was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year. Dante Wright was shot by the police who claimed she thought she had a taser. You, you mean to tell me you can't feel the weight difference between a taser and, and a gun? Uh, Adam Toledo, 13-year-old Latino brother, was shot by the Chicago Police Department, and all he had was his hands up. Andrew Brown was killed by the Pasquotank County Sheriff deputies a few days ago near Elizabeth City. Makia Bryant, 16 years old, was shot by the Columbus police officers in Ohio. And there are those who are saying, but she had a knife and she was getting ready to cut or stab that girl. And I've seen white cops de-escalate and put up with more than what they were dealing with right now. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. There's no concern about those of black and brown hue. So we call upon the names uh, uh, of local, state, and national officials to deal with these matters. But I, I think we got to make a shift in the names we call. Call upon the name of presidents and senators and representatives, governors, mayors, uh, county commissioners, and city council persons. They, they can write new laws and they can give executive orders, but but they can't change the heart, the inner being of those sick, racist people that continue to perpetuate wrongness against those of us who are of ebony hue. But I want you to know there is a name that we can call upon that can change the hearts and minds of those who wrote the laws. They can change the hearts and minds of those who execute the laws. There is a name that we can call upon that will rehumanize us who have been dehumanized. There is a name that we can call upon that will reorient our behavior toward each other so we can uh, diminish the impact of racism, sexism, and classism, and all the other isms that create division, strife, and commotion among humanity. In fact, I will contend it is these isms that have created a crippling effect upon us individually and collectively. And there's only one name that will empower us to get up from those conditions which create a deformity and promote a dehumanizing mentality. In the text I presented to you this morning, Peter and John are in trouble for calling upon that name. Peter and John are in trouble because they healed a brother who had been lame for a long time. For in our text, Peter and John have been confronted with such an opportunity to make a change in the life of a person that needed help. In chapter 3 of the Acts of the Apostles, Peter and John had gone to the temple to engage in prayer when they encountered a brother begging for some spare change. He couldn't work. All he could do was beg. He didn't have access to welfare, social security, disability, the Salvation Army, or the Goodwill Industry. All he could do was beg. As a matter of fact, he specialized 
in begging. As a matter of fact, he had a PhD in begging. Uh, he had been doing this for a long time because he had been lame since the day he was born. And, and in those times, it was believed that if you were disabled uh, since birth, that your parents must have sinned and you had to suffer the consequences. So every time somebody saw this brother and they remembered his birth circumstances, they would make judgment upon his mother and his father, wondering what did mama or dad do to make this child be cursed. And therefore, because he was disabled from birth, sin accompanied his situation. He was denied the opportunity to participate in society. He, he didn't have access to rabbinical education. He couldn't even go to the services in the temple. He couldn't get a job. He didn't have a house. No sister wanted to marry him. All he could do was beg. So his fraternity brothers <laughs> would, would, would take him to the temple, uh, sit him down at the front door so he could ask for some spare change. Uh, there he would posture himself in begging mode with his disheveled clothes and dashed dreams and distorted visions and no hope. Every day, they took him to the temple and he had his hands out asking for spare change. A few nickels or dimes here. Wasn't looking for much, just enough to make do. And as a matter of fact, he had become so comfortable with being crippled until he became accustomed to his deformed situation. There are folks among us who are comfortable being crippled. And you may not be crippled physically, but you're paralyzed mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and financially. And you're comfortable in your condition. Some of you are comfortable with being told you can't make it. Some of you are comfortable with your spouse doing any and everything. Some of you are comfortable being treated like you're nobody. Some of you are comfortable being used and abused. Some of you are comfortable running from man to man and running from woman to woman. Some of you are comfortable being an alcoholic. Some of you are comfortable being strung out on drugs. Some of you are comfortable not having an education. Why? Because you don't have to then take responsibility for your situation. And yet you don't even know that you need to be made whole. That when you understand that salvation is more than saving you from your sins, that the real meaning of salvation is so that you can get out of the rut you're in physically, emotionally, financially, mentally, relationally, and spiritually. The essence of salvation or being saved is to make you whole. So when Peter and John show up at the temple, uh, they are asked, do they have any money? Uh, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee that in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The man got up, started walking around, realized he had activity in his legs. And then after he started walking around, he went right into the house of God, leaping and praising God. The people that knew him were amazed. The people that knew his story were shocked. But those church folk 
the religious leaders connected to the Roman Empire got all in a tizzy. They were upset. And Peter didn't make it any better. Peter then started preaching and talking about how Jesus was raised from the dead. The religious crowd got upset because he was preaching in the name of Jesus. And the religious crowd had him put in jail. And I've discovered that when you're serious about doing the work of the Lord, you're going to get in trouble for lifting up his name. The next day we're told in the text that the religious leaders, uh, the pastors and the deacons and trustees of church, uh, the religious leaders back then, the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes uh, uh, had their tribunal. And in verse 7, a question is raised that if I may paraphrase, by what power or in what name have you done this? Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said that if I'm on trial for the benefit of a sick man being made well, the only way that could have happened was in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified few months ago, and God raised him from the dead. By that name, this man was healed. The stone which you have rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and there is salvation by no one else, for no other name under heaven given unto men by which we must be saved. Uh-oh. I'm getting ready to get in trouble here. Uh-oh. I'm getting ready to step into some deep waters here. Uh-oh. I know that we're living in a pluralistic society where a whole bunch of names are called. Why the name of Jesus? Why not the name of Allah or Buddha or Confucianism? Why not the name of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Roy Cooper, or Vi Lyles? Why not the name of police officers, banking presidents, and other legislatures? Why not the name of Reverend Dr. Robert Scott, our teachers, or faith healers? Why the name of Jesus? Well, I, I've discovered there's something special about his name because no other name will do. What, what, what is it about the name of Jesus? First of all, his name serves as motivation for my change. Let, let me walk it for you. In, in verses 8 and 9, as you examine the flow of the text, you will see how Peter and John did not rely on their name. <laughs> they, they did not rely on their strength. They did not rely on their intellect to facilitate the change in the paralyzed brother's life. They relied upon the name of Christ to bring about a change in the man's life. They encountered the man at the temple where you thought change would take place, but he remained stuck at the temple. He remained paralyzed in the church. However, this paralyzed brother saw a whole lot of good church folks come in and out. He saw the priest and the Levite take their tithes and offerings in as they were arrayed in their religious clothing. He saw the preacher and the associate ministers going in and out the temple as they were arrayed in their suits and dresses. He saw the deacons and trustees going in and out church as they were counting the money and trying to make an assessment for pastoral care. He saw all these folks, and, and every now and then a few of them would give them some spare change. Wasn't looking for much, but when he saw Peter and John, because they had been changed, 
by the name of Jesus, he knew something was different about them. Can I put a tag right there just for a moment? You need to understand that if Jesus can change you, you should never be satisfied with what's going on around you because if Jesus can change you, he can change anybody, all right? I know some of you all think that you were born, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, had Jesus on your mind, the devil is a lie. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I know I haven't crossed every T and dotted every I. I. I know that had it not been for the Lord on my side, ain't no telling where I would be if God could change me he can change anybody uh, this is what caused Peter and John to change and when you know what the Lord has done in your life you can't help but tell it to somebody else that's why when they walked up to the lame brother they saw him on his knees asking for some spare change they offered him something the temple couldn't give they offered him something the Roman Empire could not provide they offered him salvation they said listen bro silver and gold we don't have but what we do have we'll give it to you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk you just missed your cue shout right there uh, we don't have a cash app we don't have a credit card we don't have a debit card. We don't have Visa, American Express. We don't have MasterCard or Discovery. But I tell you what we do have. What we do have is better than all of that. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And I preach it the way that I feel it. Brother man wanted money, but they gave him mercy. Brother man wanted some greenbacks, but they gave him grace. Brother man wanted some funds, but they gave him favor. Brother man wanted a handout, but they gave him a healing a brother man wanted junk but they gave him Jesus and they were able to do it in the name of Jesus this is because uh, there is power in the name of Jesus that summons all the spiritual resources of the universe Jesus said in John 14 13 and 14 and whatever you ask in my name that I'll do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask anything in my name I will do it when you ask in Jesus name it is not so that you can be glorified but it's so that God God can get the glory when you do it in Jesus name it's not so that folks will give you accolades it's so that God will be exalted and glorified uh, had it been in their name nothing would have happened had it been in their name brother man would still be lame but I believe I got a few folks that's watching me live stream and I believe there are a few folks in the house that know had it not been for the name of Jesus ain't no telling where you would be right now you and I are changed because of his name. You and I are delivered because of his name. You and I are redeemed because of his name. You and I are reconciled because of his name. And when you call upon the name of Jesus, the atmosphere have to shift because when you call upon that name, you are summoning the powers of heaven to step into your situation and do some things your name can't accomplish I feel like preaching today y'all y'all gotta excuse me uh, 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 but there's something else in the text that I want to drop on you and, and here it is that when you call upon his name it makes you shift from being defensive 
to going on the offense. <laughs> when, when, when you call upon his name, it makes you shift from being defensive to now going on the offense. All right, all right, all right. All right. They, 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 these, these religious leaders who did not like the name of Jesus put Peter and John on the defense. Why are you preaching and teaching in this name? Where where you get this authority? Uh, what name have you done this miracle? Notice how Peter gives a defense. The defense is really an apologetic to remind this group that they were responsible for the death of Jesus. How Jesus died on a hill called Calvary. Crucifixion back during that time was the cruelest form of capital punishment ever carried out in history. They were so confident that when they nailed Jesus to that cross and he died, that he would stay dead. But Peter reminded them, you thought he was dead, but the God of heaven raised him from the dead and he's alive evermore. Now watch this, because of Jesus' resurrection... He's made a shift from being defensive, and he now is on the offense, putting them on the run. He now goes on the attack. I can see uh, Pastor Peter standing up, preaching the gospel to those that are accusing him, using the very scriptures they know to substantiate his argument. That's why you got no Bible. That's why you got no scripture. You got to know what you're talking about. And he tells them that the stone that y'all rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. The very person y'all kicked to the curb is now the very one that you need. When you utter the name of Jesus, get ready for rejection. When you utter the name of Jesus, get ready for folks to look at you side eye. But I want you to know that when you utter the name of Jesus, you might be rejected, but rejection is a setup for your elevation. So when you and I operate in the name of Jesus, it empowers us to shift the conversation and the atmosphere. When, when, when you and I call on the name of Jesus, something supernatural, something spiritual, something mystical is happening in the atmosphere that puts your enemies on the run while it puts you in charge. And I don't know about anybody else, but I like being uh, on the offense because I determine where the ball is going to go. You don't know where I'm going. You don't know where I'm going to throw that ball. But when you're on the offense, you, you're more in control. And when you call on the name of Jesus, he will empower you uh, to be on the offense because folks don't know how to handle you when you speak in his name. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Uh, let me let me close this thing out. Uh, I got seven minutes before the noon hour. Don't don't unplug me if I ain't finished by noon. Cause uh, can, can can I go ahead and finish this sermon? Uh, brothers, can I go ahead and finish this thing out? Um, uh, finally, there's salvation because of that name. That's in verse 12. I can't make it any plainer than that. I can't make it simpler than that. There's salvation in that name. Now, 
we're living in a time where folks say, how is it that Jesus is the only name by which people can be saved? I'm not here to argue with you about what name you call. But I'm here to let you know the name I'm told to call. From the one who was rejected to the one who is now glorified, we see movement in the life of this brother who was paralyzed. Uh, he was delivered from a physical affliction, and he's now leaping and jumping and praising God. And he was doing it because of that name. I want you to know that when a person ignores the name of Jesus, when a person disregards the name of Jesus, when a person blasphemes the name of Jesus, there is no deliverance. There is no healing. There is no help. The name of Jesus by which the lame man had been empowered to spring to his feet and walk is the same name that you and I need in order to be saved. It's the same name that you and I need in order to be connected to God in a meaningful way. You and I are saved by the name of Jesus. And, and, and this is not some magical Hocus pocus, abracadabra saying. Uh, the reason this name has power is because of what God did with that name. So I see Peter standing up and he's closing his message. He's letting them know that the resurrected Christ was the one who healed this man from his disease. And I want you to know yeah, my Mississippi trying to slip out. Uh, that the same Jesus, uh, yeah, the, the, the one uh, who was predicted by the prophets, the same Jesus can heal us today. The same Jesus can move upon our life and touch us in a spiritual manner so that you and I can walk in the newness of life. And I'm glad, uh, Brother Sean and Brother Joe, uh, that Peter did not compromise his message. That when others tried to come against him and say, why are you preaching and teaching in his name? Uh, Peter did not backpedal on his faith. Uh, Peter knew that salvation did not come from being a descendant of Abraham. He knew salvation did not come from keeping the laws of Moses. He knew that salvation did not come from reciting the name of the prophets. I know that uh, saying Jesus is the only way ain't popular in the culture today. It's not good for you to state your convictions that there's no other name under the heavens by which humans must be saved. I'm closing y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. But currently, we're calling out the names of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Dante Wright, Adam Toledo, Andrew Brown, Makia Bryant, killed by the police, killed by state-sanctioned terrorism. George Floyd was killed 
by Jarek Sharman's knee uh, on his neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, Breonna Taylor was killed uh, by the Louisville police while sleeping in her bed. Adam Toledo was killed uh, by the Chicago police uh, with his hands up uh, at 13 years of age. Dante Wright was killed uh, by a white female officer claiming she had a taser. Uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Dante Wright, Andrew Brown, Adam Toledo, Makia Bryant, and others who have died are waiting for the resurrection. But I'm glad the Jesus I serve, I'm glad the Jesus I know, he died one Friday afternoon and they placed him in a borrowed tomb and he stayed in that tomb all night Friday night. He stayed in that tomb all day Saturday. He stayed in that tomb all night Saturday night. But do I have a few folks that's watching me online? Do I have a few folks that's in the church house that know early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand and his name is the reason that you and I are saved. No other name will do. I love the names of P.M. Mayfield, James Wirtz, Paul Drummond, and Greg Moss, former pastors of this church, but their names won't do. I love the names of our four founders, Bishop Edgar Amos Love, Professor Frank Coleman, Dr. Oscar James Cooper, Dr. Ernest Everett Just, but their names can't save me. I love the names of my wife, Pierre and Cherish, but their names can't save me. But Paul says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Good afternoon, y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. But do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify? There's power in his name at the name of Jesus burial processions stop demons tremble evil is defeated life is restored the mute can talk the lame can walk the hungry are fed the sick is made well children are blessed sinners are saved saints are empowered Satan is defeated evil must flee the dead can rise is there anybody that no no other name will do his name never shakes never lies never forsakes never loses never quits never dims never diminishes never disappoints never ages never ends, never departs, 
sweet his name on earth. Can y'all help me close this sermon? Oh, good God Almighty. I said, oh, I said, oh, 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 how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Jesus had power then and that name has power even now. Oh. That name has power now. And I hear, hear some of these preachers talking about, I can't say for sure <laughs> that uh, Jesus is the only way. I, I just want you to know that for me, And can I say as the pastor of this church and the St. Paul Church, there's no other name by which men and women can be saved except through the name of Jesus. You can do whatever you want to at those other places and you can have that debate. That debate is settled here. Because no other name will do. I want to. I want to. I want to offer those that are watching us right now the opportunity. That's a good one. That's a good one, Reggie. That's a good one. I want to offer those this opportunity to get to know that person named Jesus. I want to lead you in a short prayer, a prayer of new life, a prayer of a brand new start. If you're watching us right now, if I lead you in this prayer, and you say yes to Jesus, we can let you know what next steps are. So wherever you are right now, if you would, bow your heads. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. God, I want you in my life. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's going to come back but until then send your Holy Spirit into my life I want to live for you 
Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In the name <laughs> of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, you're sincere with that prayer, you mean it in your head, in your heart, your mind, your spirit, you want God to do a new thing in your life, guess what? Salvation is yours. Is it really, is it really that easy? Yep, it is. It's really that easy. You ain't saved by your work. You ain't saved by church attendance. You ain't saved by how much money you give. You are saved because you have faith in Jesus Christ. It's a gift of God. If that's you right now, you prayed that prayer. You're sincere about that prayer. If you're watching us online, if you're on Facebook or you're on our website, just type in salvation. Someone will get in touch with you. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube, Send an email to connect to spbcnc.org. Let somebody know what your desire is. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening, somebody will get in touch with you. If you're listening to us on the telephone, send an email to connect at spbcnc.org. Tell us that you want to be saved. You want to be a part of the church. Somebody will call you by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening and let you know what your next steps are. You may be watching, you're saying, hey, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of my sin, but I want to roll with St. Paul. I want to become part of the tribe of St. Paul. Guess what? We're receiving people digitally, virtually. You can join us. If you would, if you're watching us on the Facebook or our church website, just type in uh, connect. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what next steps are. If you're listening to us online, Call the number I just mentioned. Let somebody know what you desire to become a part of our church. If you're watching us on YouTube, just type in, uh, connect, send an email. We will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are. We would love for you to be a part of our church. One day we're looking at coming back in real soon. We're looking at coming back in. We're making preparation. Things are being lifted. But we want to do it rightly and we want to do it judiciously. Before I leave, I believe that Brother Joe Lewis, our district marshal, wants to have closing remarks. I'm going to let him come at this time. Then I'm going to close us out with the benediction. District, which consists of North and South Carolina. I just want to say that, you know, our principles and our cardinal principles for our, our fraternity manhood, scholarship, perseverance, and uplift, and we have definitely seen that, felt that uplift today. Uh, we present it as being great men, and we do want to give a donation in the name of the 6th District on behalf of our District Representative, Brother Kurt Warner, of $500 to St. Paul Baptist Church today. Thank you, brothers. Thank you to our district representative, Brother Kurt. Thank you so much for your kindness, and we will be applying that to our scholarship fund. Thank you, Brother Joe Lewis, for your uh, leadership and guiding us through this. Let's close out in prayer. We hope and pray you all have been blessed and that God has been glorified. God, we thank you right now.
for this opportunity to worship. And as we depart from this place, we seal it with a benediction. Thank you, God, for the brothers who have blessed us through their singing. Thank you for the men of Omega Sci-Fi who have participated in this worship experience. Thank you for all of those who are joining us virtually as well as in person. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the wise God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And God's people all said, amen. If you will, put your hands together. Give God praise. Thank you all for joining us. I love you, but God loves you even more. Have a strong, blessed week in the Lord uh, and be safe. Continue to wash your hands, practice social distancing, and take care of yourself. Wear your mask. Amen. God bless you.